You know those healthy snack boxes that get delivered to businesses around Australia? Not the ones with Frito frogs and Caramello koalas in them. I'm talking about the ones with wasabi-flavoured peas and organic popcorn. Well, you and I are about to meet the fellow who started that business. And by the way, how dare he bring healthy snacking to the workplace? It's a very nutritional episode 472 of the award-winning Small Business Big Marketing Podcast. Well, I say, welcome to a small business marketing show, where successful small business owners share their souls. To take your marketing straight to the lead, now here's your host, Mr. Timbo Reed. And welcome back to your weekly dose of marketing celebrations. I'm your host, Timbo Reed. you... Infinitely more importantly, you're a motivated business owner and you are well and truly ready to crank out some great marketing to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it absolutely deserves to be. But if that's not enough and you are itching to fast track your marketing, then let's get personal with a one-on-one coaching session, which you can book over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. Big episode today. We meet cubicle escapee Connor Reynolds, who, through his company Snackwise, has decided, get this, that the humble blueberry muffin just wasn't cutting it as a mid-morning snack. (laughs) Connor, what are you thinking? Another motivated listener who sells sexy toys, yeah, luck, wins big in this week's monster prize draw. And I've got some big news about next week's guest, who solves the major problem for any business owner who's ever produced a marketing video of any type. As per usual, team, there is marketing G-O-L-D dripping from the ceiling over here at Small Business Big Marketing's HQ. So let's get stuck right in. So, Connor Reynolds is a corporate health and wellbeing expert, as well as the founder of Snackwise, which is Australia's number one monthly subscription healthy snack service that delivers healthy snacks straight to your office. You may well be getting a Snackwise box delivered to your office. He's got a thriving little business. Like I said at the top of the show, Connor's not delivering yummy chocolate snacks or fatty potato chips. We're talking like veggie crisps and raw cacao Cacao, cacao cookies, I don't know. Has the flavour gone from on-work snacking? We'll find out. But clearly there's a market for it as Snackwise is going gangbusters. Since its launch in 2016, the business has experienced really strong growth in Australia, doubling its revenue year on year and quintupling. Quintupling, haven't used that word for a while. If ever, it's client based, delivering tens of thousands of snacks to blue chip clients, including check this for a kind of portfolio of clients Uber, Universal Studios, Deloitte, Red Bull, Samsung, to name a few. And Connor's recently launched Snackwise in New Zealand, and he's just finished a successful capital raising of half a million dollars. No mean feat when Snackwise is not really a tech company, and that's where all the VC money's going. So I started off by asking Connor. The hardest of hitting questions. That's right, the big one. What's his favourite snack? 
<laughs> Good question to start off with. Um, I'm a bit of a beef jerky fan myself, Tim. So <laughs> right. um, either a hate or love relationship, I found it with people with, with, um, with beef jerky. You literally love it or you hate it, but I love it, mate. So that's probably my favourite snack. I didn't see that coming. In fact, I answered a listener question on an episode a week or two ago from a fellow. He had a business, Jono's Jerky. And, okay. he, and he was very excited because he's created a new flavour of beef jerky, cheeseburger flavour. Would you give that Jeez. a crack? Oh, I wouldn't say no. I mean, we, we sample all the snacks before they go into our snack boxes, Tim. So, yeah, yes. let's, let's throw out an intro. Sure. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, just in case you were wondering, my favourite snack is Fry's Turkish Delight, and it always has been, always will be. Oh, there it. you go. Yeah. Now, buddy, um, the idea for SnackWise, where did that come from? Um, yeah, so I guess previously to starting SnackWise, I worked for a health and well-being brand called HealthWise, which was the corporate health and well-being brand for Flight Centre Travel Group. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you know that brand quite well, Tim. I think you used to work for Flight Centre, didn't you? Back yes. In the, back in the day. My old, yeah, hun- my so old hunting ground. There you go, yeah. So um, I, the, that brand was basically established to uh, get, get uh, Flight Centre staff healthier, more engaged in their workplace around the world. So my role was the global marketing manager for that brand and I guess part of that role was really seeing me come up with um, ideas and concepts to get staff more healthier engaged at work. So things, you know, like 12-week challenges, you know, clean eating challenges, health and wellness initiatives, you know, 10,000 steps challenges, anything to get staff actively moving and give them education on, on how to be healthier. So, you know, the mm-hmm. workplace, as a result, got a good benefit from that. So I was well, a part of that role saw me travelling around with, with the brand and in my travels, even interstate and internationally, I would notice that you could have, you know, some fruit in the workplace, you could have all the great exercise equipment, but unless you actually had great healthy foods, staff were going out and just finding junk. And what I noticed particularly is that they were snacking a lot and they were snacking on what was uh, they could get their hands on, access to. And most of that time, unfortunately, it was just junk. So I just noticed this a lot. I thought, oh, wouldn't it be great if, you know, instead of these guys snacking on junk, what, couldn't some, you know, come up with a box that's all curated, it's done, it's healthy, it's fresh, rocks up on the doorstep nice. and they don't have to worry about it. Well, um, you, you were yeah. working for a big camp flight centre. Was it a hard decision to escape the cubicle or were you looking to start a business? No, it was hard. Tim, or did you get the sack? Oh, I, what's that? Sorry. <laughs> or did you get the sack? No, no, I did get the sack. Thankfully, no, I left on good terms. That's always a good thing. <laughs> um, so um, no, it was hard. I mean, I, I had achieved all I had in that role um, in, my, in my role, and I was had a great um, you know time. Learned a lot at that group. But it's, it's one thing I just kept noticing. And I thought, you know, there has to be something to. I thought it could be something to this. And then I sort of you know had a mate that said, "Hey, mate, this, these guys love your idea." Um, come give it a crack. So I was working at my job though at Flight Centre for 18 months before I actually made the plunge or took the plunge, if you like, into going full-time. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like, you know, here's an idea, I'm quitting Flight Centre, let's go and do this. It was like, no, I need to prove the concept here. I need to actually see if people want this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it started with, I guess, you know, one box into my mate's workplace. They said, hey, Connor, love the snack selection, mate, but there's not enough and, you, you know, the price is all over the shop. And, you know, I didn't know at this stage. All I did is whacked a whack a sticker on a box and went and bought snacks at retail and then just put them into the workplace. So it was really, you know, really lean sort of style of, of, of you know, coming up with a product and then trying to see how it went. And then I basically took the feedback and it went from there. And you kept getting feedback and I'm sure to, as, as current, to current day, you're still getting feedback and making changes as you go. You sound like that kind of guy. Totally. Now, every single month, Tim, we're always, you know, changing things. On, it was our website. 
you know, the messaging, our sales approach, and of course the snacks are changing every mm-hmm. every couple of months as well. But yeah, constantly in that stage right now of you know changing or iterating, if you like, every month. Yeah. So explain how the business actually works, Connor. Yeah, so I guess it's um, probably similar to like a fruit delivery, but we don't actually make the snacks. We work with all the brands around Australia, all the healthy snack brands around Australia, um, and we curate them into a healthy snack box for the workplace. And we have, I guess, a variety of different size boxes depending on, you know, the staff size and their budget. Um, and what it basically does, it works on a recurring delivery. So, you know, weekly, fortnightly, and monthly, um, the company just pays, you know, the one low price and then it rocks up on their doorstep and saves them having the time to go and, you know, source the snacks themselves, what's healthy and, and the price points and so forth. So it's all about providing a healthy, convenient snack service for the workplace that rocks up on the doorstep and they don't have to think twice about. So the employees of that workplace then pay for the snacks or they can take them for free or is that the workplace's decision? That's the workplace's decision. So we, we always operate on the model that the workplace, you know, pays for these snacks and, in order to do that, we work very closely with our snack suppliers to get the absolute best possible pricing to pass on uh, to our customers to make sure it's as affordable um, for them as possible, which is which is great. I mean, if, if you're going to provide healthy food into the workplace, it needs to be affordable too. Um, so the workplace pays up. We get paid up front um, every month, and then it's up to the workplace if they want to you know, provide or charge their staff for snacks um, to, to do it, yeah. I feel like uh, it's not a new idea, but is that because... In the workplaces that I have been in, there's been like, there's been fruit boxes. There has been the charity box of the Caramello Bear or the, you know, the Cadbury Dairy Milk Chocolate. Um, are you first to market with uh, the actually idea of healthy snacks? Well, you're right. I mean, the, the whole the whole concept of snacking in the workplace is by no means new and the whole subscription model is by no means new. But what we've sort of done is that we actually were the first to market when we started the business three and a half years ago of a healthy snack box subscription into the workplace. You know, you would have your sort of your charity boxes where it'd be full mm. of chockies, you'd chuck a dollar or two in there or you might have some snacks. Some, you know, one of the snack guys coming around just pumping the box full of confectionery and then, you know, end of the week coming, taking the, the coin out. What we've done is we've sort of turned that on its head and said, hey, well, first and foremost, we're actually providing you with a healthy snack solution. So it's actually healthy for employees. And also, too, instead of us coming around trying to take dollar point, you know, dollars out of the money box every week, which is, you know, not cost effective for the business or the, or the actual customer because they have to pay for that service, why don't we put it all in a healthy snack box for you on a delivery schedule that rocks up to you and then you put it out for your staff. You get a free display stand with snack guys. So, you know, it's nicely put there for the kitchen or the break room. It goes in there and away you go, similar to a fruit box delivery. So we just changed the whole concept around to make it more easy and convenient. Yeah, well, you know, look, you're putting an end to the idea of I always look forward at about 11.30 of the morning or about 3.30 in the afternoon of a blueberry muffin and now yep. you just, you know, like, looks yeah, like that's, yeah. that's come to an end and I'm, what am I going to have to put up with, some kind of Asahi-flavoured juniper berry or, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, what are yeah, these yeah. snacks, mate? Are these snacks tasty? Are they, you know, are they going to keep my employees, you know, satisfied? Definitely, definitely. And that's the thing, you know, you, you worry, you think people think straight away healthy, oh, it's going to taste like rabbit food. And I can assure you, if we get any, any two, two weird concoctions of wasabi, wasabi flavoured something or other, mate, I'll, I'll quit. So, no, <laughs> definitely uh, definitely not the case what we have. I mean, the brands that we and they're all Aussie brands, majority of them, but 95% of our brands are Aussie brands. And these guys are really creating healthy, great, delicious snacks. I mean, we've got things like, you know, dipped and dusted almonds. You know, we've got, you know, Lamington flavored bars, but only made from five ingredients. They don't have nowhere near the sugar of a traditional lamington. <laughs> you're not selling me. Natural. You're just telling What's me that? that's. A, you're not selling me. You just told me there's a lamington made of fiber and greens. 
No, not at all. Not at all. Made from, from all these nuts, these great ingredients actually taste like Lamington without the actual guilt. Oh, so come what on. I'll have to do, Timber, I'll have to send you a box, mate, and then oh, you can make a decision up from there. Buddy, <laughs> buddy, you're killing me. So um, what's the advantage? Is there an upside to being first to market and, and a, or a downside? Um, I guess you know, it's yes and no. I mean, first to market's great because – you know, you get to put your name name out there and go. But also, too, when you're first to market, you know, you, you go through all the challenges and processes and, and learning. So, you're finding, you're hearing a lot of no's and what does other work. And then you put up your website, you make your changes, and then competitors come along and copy you. So, I guess that's probably, I guess, I guess relevant to any sort of industry who goes first to market. You're always going to have copycats coming up. But, um, you know, we, we have been first to market. We've got a really great foothold now. Um, in Australia, we're in every capital city, and we also service New Zealand. Um, and we've got over 100 companies and growing. So, in that short, short period of time, I'd say we're going well. But you know, you you do get copycats coming up and trying to copy what you're doing too. I, I imagine first to market requires you to be the educator. So you're going to be walking into businesses and having to explain what this is. No, it's not charity. You can have staff buy or not buy. You can give it away for free. There's a whole lot of options. You know, there's a whole big education process for you to do. Totally. And that's uh, that definitely part of being the first to market. It, it, there is an education piece. And, um, you know, times have definitely changed since the, the good old fruit into the into the uh, workplace. That's a fair, it's great to have it there. But that was done 16 years ago. Um, you know, times have, have, have changed in the workplace and snacking frequency has changed. You know, we've... There's 46% of Australians now are taking are snacking in, in favour of lunch, and that's you know due to our different lifestyles and our work demands. So, you know, basically people can sometimes look at us and see, oh, okay, you know, your workplace delivery service can sometimes be seen as a luxury or you know a discretionary income when I've got money. But we really do see that people are starting to sort of see that snacking is really overtaking you know um, what's going on in the workplace and in just in in consumers at the home too because we've gone away from the the traditional three meals a day. Um, you know, we used to have our breakfast, a lunch, and our dinner, and we may even get two of those in a day. You know, if you rush in the morning, you may even have breakfast, you may have a coffee, you may have a snack around 10 o'clock, then you may get lunch in, or you may not run into a meeting. So we're now snacking a lot more than having our three meals. So it's really important business. You've seen a lot of competitors, well, I don't know if there's a lot of competitors, you've seen competitors pop up, which would mm-hmm. you, you would expect. Um, how do you feel about that? What's your mindset around competition? Yeah, I think originally you see it and you go, oh, okay, is someone you know trying to get on the market? But I think competition is great because it means that the the demand for what you're doing is growing. It grows the category as well. Um, you know, I, I think you know as long as you are being innovative in your own business and, and creating, you know, strategies and actual providing value to your business as much as possible, then the competition doesn't really matter as such. Um, you keep an eye on them, but I mean, if they just all if all their strategies is is just copying you, um, then, you know, they're not going to last too long. So, Connor, you say you innovate on an ongoing basis and you're constantly thinking of ways to add value. How do you do that? Um, I guess it's listening to our customer. I mean, we're, we've, we've got a, I've got a sales and account manager um, who works for the business who is constantly in touch with our customers um, to see, you know, what's what they're liking, what they're not liking. And one of the great things about our business is, is that, Customers, if they don't like a certain snack item, they can replace it out in their next delivery. So they're not locked into anything that they don't like. So we're constantly, probably I'd say constantly, probably once a quarter, we're always sort of serving our customers, survey our, surveying sorry, our customers into, you know, is there anything we could do better and, and what any of our service. So I think taking that feedback on, um, most of the time it's positive, but there sometimes are areas for improvement. And then I guess creating, I guess, you know, or listening to that, I guess, feedback. 
um, and putting into practice with other sort of value adds that we can do is something that we've, we've started to do the, probably the last in the last six months. So that's how we sort of generally stay ahead of the curve is by really listening to our customer at the end of the day. What's the secret to getting big companies like Uber, Marriott Hotels and Samsung? Um, I think the secret to that, I mean, to be honest, we're very lucky that we work with industry leaders. These guys see the importance and the value of having healthy, nutritious food in the workplace. So, you know, we put a, a lot of, I guess, you know, marketing and, and sales approach out there. But at the end of the day, you can't make a customer buy for you. They, they really have to be, you really want it. So these sort of guys have come to us, seen what we're doing and thought, hey, I really want to, I guess, have a great healthy snacking issue like this in our workplace. So, and we try to market ourselves like that too. I mean, we, we work with industry leaders and it's industry leaders that value this. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, we, we pull the marketing out there, we, we approach them, but at the end of the day, they need to make that decision. So we're just thankful that we've got companies like that who, who really see the value in what we're doing. What kind of marketing do you do to draw in inquiry? Yeah, so we've got a uh, full-time sales and account manager who, I guess, you know, uh, outreaches to uh, customers and key accounts who we think would be a fit for our for Snackwise. We also do, you know, obviously the SEO, AdWords and, and Facebook um, marketing as well um, and PR. We find that, you know, having a great PR presence and great PR strategy always is probably one of the quickest ways to get great brand awareness and it's worked really well for us in the past, actually. I'd probably say it's probably our best marketing tool. Yeah, it's really interesting. A business your size putting on a publicist, and I've got to say, I mean, she was the one uh, who approached me initially for the, uh, suggesting an interview. Um, mm. Drawn up a fantastic, a well designed, well written press release uh, that caught my attention, and and probably argue, arguably made you look bigger than you necessarily are, which um, is always a good strategy. Definitely, um, def- yeah. I mean, well, we don't have a full time publicist on, um, mm. so that would be the other Diana who um, reached out yes. to you. She who we, um, I guess, approach her when, when we think of, of a great PR campaign to do. We've got all we've got a story to tell. I think that's that's the main thing. Mm-hmm. So she's not full-time with the business, but we, we have used her in the past and she's fantastic. But, um, yeah, I mean, people always are surprised. That's where we're pretty lean, I guess. We still consider ourselves a little small business startup, but we're, we're, we're sort of not operating like one. We, we've got over, like I said before, over 100 businesses and growing at a rate of around 10 to 15, and, and we're doing it with a pretty, pretty lean group. So 10 to 15 a month? 10 to 15 new monthly customers a month. That's correct. It's great, mate. I mean, are you, are you happy with that 100? Uh, the 100, clearly, they're bigger businesses. Like I said, the Ubers and the Marriott's of the world, the Samsung's of the world. Um, yeah, we, those clients are great, to be honest. They're not our traditional one, Tim. Um, our, our real sort of our target market, our sort of bread and butter is small to medium business from probably about 15 staff or up to about 100. Mm. Um, obviously, with some of those businesses that you, you mentioned before, they've got, you know, 500 staff plus, and we do have uh, a few of those businesses on board, but our offering is really small to medium business. Why, why have you chosen that? I would have thought the bigger companies um, would have been more profitable for you. Why have you chosen the small to medium market? Uh, just because that's, uh, small to medium business make up the most business in Australia. Mm. So the total addressable market is far bigger with small to medium business and also to... Um, with the bigger businesses, while they are great, they are sort of <laughs> giants and they, act very, they, they work very slowly. Um, yeah. So it comes a point where we've found that also too, when it comes to a certain amount of staff, maybe probably, you know, the 400 plus, they probably want to go more the vending machines and don't want to put their sort of hand up to put snack boxes in. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have some of those companies that do that and they love it, they see the value of it, but our real sort of, uh, I guess, where we're growing and where we're seeing the real great uptake is in that sort of small to medium um, sized market because... These guys don't want to have a vending machine in their office. It's, it's clunky. 
it's annoying. Um, mm. This box is it's not expensive and it rocks up and it feeds all the staff for, for um, quite an affordable rate. Now, I kind of have a fascination around business names. My first question is, are you happy with the name Snackwise? Yeah, I love it. Yep. Why? <laughs> right. Let's just work through this. Why the Z? Um, why the Z? So I wanted the S, but the domain for some reason was taken and it was some random something in New Zealand. So I went with the Z for the, the domain. That's the only reason why. <laughs> well, I, I had a look at the domains. You've got Snackwise with a Z.com. Um, mm-hmm. First question is, why didn't you go .au? Yeah, yeah. Well, that was probably a bit of a uh, mistake of mine, but we've, <laughs> right. we've got .au as well. Yeah, we've got it. Okay. I don't know whether it was redirecting. It'd probably be a good idea if it did redirect to snackwise.com. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure we should. I think we've maybe hidden .com.au and we've just got .com. That's where the domain authorities at the moment. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then snackwise with dot .com and the .au is parked. Um, would it be worth buying them? I don't know what they're worth. Oh, we've we've uh, we've got snackwise.com.au. Yeah, with an S, not with an S. No, well, no. that's what I'm saying. The snackwise with an S. Okay. Com and .au. I don't know. Just covering bases. I'm always interested in how names yep. come about yep. and then the the relationship, the the business name to the domain and all that type of stuff. But I think it's a good name. It says what it, it you know basically says what you do. So you can't argue that. Now, you've been on a bit of a capital raising adventure. You've recently raised $500,000 or last year, $500,000 in seed capital. Was that difficult given food businesses aren't that sexy when all the e-commerce type businesses are the ones soaking up the venture capital money? Oh, totally. You nailed it. I mean, that's the problem. I mean, these, these days, you know, and, you know, it's just tech this, tech that. It's just it's just tech this. And I said, oh, if I hear another tech round, I'll bloody, you know, <laughs> lose it. Um, because, and I understand, you know, tech's great. It's, it's a hugely scalable business, why it's getting so much attention and so forth. But there's so many other great things happening in the food industry in Australia and the world that, you know, need to get attention. So, yes, it was. It was very, uh, um, I guess, hard to, to sort of get someone to get our investor or get an investor or presence into, into investing in us, but what where we uh, we came quite fortunate was that um, who we raised the money off was Adrian DeMarco of Technology One, who is an ASX listed technology company, mm-hmm. um, been around for about thirty plus years. They were one of our customers in the early days, so they saw firsthand how great our product and uh, and service was. And um, I know that uh, Adrian was pretty. Uh, uh, I guess into the startup scene in, in Brisbane and invest in some other businesses within Brisbane and um, you know down south and when that opportunity came up to sort of you know have a chat to him about it we uh, we chatted about it and he'd seen firsthand how great the product was in his own company and and was very interesting in it because even though it's food the model's sort of built like a software business whereas it's sort of you know software as a service a subscription we're snacks and we're doing yes. a subscription model too so I think that's what really piqued his interest in us is that it is a highly scalable model. Um, once you get it right. Yeah, well, it's a good win to get that kind of dough too. Where's the money? Where's half a million dollars being spent? Yeah, so half a million dollars has been spent, you know, I guess we took up until July last year when we closed the actual, when I closed the actual seed capital, if you like, it was just me working the business. So I'd got it up to, you know, about 40 staff and then you know, hired my full first-time sales manager, uh, sales and account guy who's, who's grown the business since. So he put on him. We expanded our, our warehouse, I guess, operations as well, um, and also to boast into our marketing. So that's a that's seed money that needs to last us for a while. That's not just all all spent in one year, as you could imagine. That's something to, to I guess, sustain us for for a while as as we need to as we go along the journey. But for immediately, it was definitely hiring staff, warehouse fulfillment operations, and definitely marketing budget too is where the immediate um, sort of first drawdown's gone to. And you had a nice holiday, I hear. 
Tell me, you have a bit of a, have you gone into home delivery or you're about to go into home delivery? Yeah, yeah. So we, we, we've been asked the past six months, hey, you know, when are you going to do home delivery? You know, we want, we want this, we want this. So we said, okay, we'll package up something smaller because B2B is our real core focus. But we uh, launched that last week and um, yeah, it's going fantastic. People have uh, jumped onto that now so they can, you know, get snacks delivered to their home once a month, which is great. So tell me about that. First of all, B2B is your core focus. So why mm. would you veer away from that? Was that something your investor wanted you to do or you, re- you saw a, excuse the pun, a hungry market? Uh, <laughs> it, it, it just seems yeah. that you've got so much upside in, uh, the, in the B2B area that this could be a distraction. Yeah, no, and that's it's a valid question because, you know, a lot of people have said that. I mean, we – and it was the reason why I put that on hold for probably about eight months was we were, we were doing with the B2B. The, the home delivery market's a self-service market. It's a small packaged-up offering to what we're doing in the workplace. Um, basically, our fulfillment operations side of things can handle that quite easily. I mean, it's self-service. It goes through to a warehouse. They pack the order and, and it goes out. And our curation – um, sort of changes once a month. So the model itself, it can, depending how fast and you scale, you know, you have you can have other, you know, consumer sort of problems along the way. But I mean, we, we have the ability right now to handle it softly. We're not we're not blasting it out there as something that we're pushing heaps of. It's just on our website there for customers who have who have inquired about it for so long, and we're looking to sort of take that approach as sort of a organic growth. Whether the demand come from. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it starts to take off with the B two B, then we'll you know we'll hire we'll hire for that too. Um, but yeah, I think it's just more. We saw a, to answer your question a hungry market, and we thought, well, hey, why we can service it? Let's just give it a crack. Um, Connor, where do you see the business going to be in five years' time? Uh, yeah, five years' time. I'm, 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 we're really planning to have you know we've got like I said. Just over sort of 100 customers now, we want thousands. I mean, that's what the model's built on. So the next five years, where we're sort of aiming for, you know, you know, anywhere between 15 to 2,000 monthly recurring customers. It's a big, uh, it's a big jump, um, but we think the market in Australia is ripe for it. So that's what we're sort of um, going for. I think also, too, there's a lot of opportunity, not just snacks. Um, we're looking at some other sort of product opportunities at the moment which can complement snacks um, as well in, into the workplace. So like I think having a couple of things like that, home, B2B, and maybe another product which can complement that on the horizon too. Like what? Uh, looking at sort of coffee light products. Yeah, coffee light products that can be um, into our boxes and out to our customers which um, don't have to cost a lot or take up a lot of uh, room in a box either. So I, didn't, I didn't catch – did you say copyright products? No, no, coffee. <laughs> Coffee-like products. Yeah, no, not going, not going off on a completely different market and copywriting stuff. <laughs> could, could you imagine actually having your own range of snacks? It's come across our mind. I mean, that's something we've been asked about. Um, you know, and that's something that we, you know, we could eventually go down to uh, down in an avenue of if we do sort of see an opportunity. Um, I guess with that, that gives a whole other kettle of fish, con- considering that you know. You're going to outsourcing, manufacturing, yeah. ingredients, and food sciences. So it's something that it can take really away. There is a lot of benefits, obviously, of having that, but it's just that um, at this point in time, we're sort of more focusing on just you know being the retailer and getting as many customers as we can on board, and then showing them other products. But yeah, you never know. Down the track, there might be an opportunity to do that. Connor, is it a business that takes up a huge amount of your time now that you're out of the the, the corporate cubicle at Flight Center and running your own business, or are you pretty strict in work life balance? Um, no, it definitely takes up a lot of my time. I mean, I, I love what I do. It's probably the same with yourself, Tim. I mean, yep. I, I love doing what I do. I, I, 
I'd work probably six days a week like any other probably other small business owner on your show listening to this or anyone else like that. And it's it's what you get to do at the start. You know, I do have my lifetime balance. I mean, on a Sunday, that's definitely the day of of absolute rest and nothing, and you know, catching up with mates and chilling out with my wife and anything else like that. So we do have a balance. You know, keep up the exercise all during the week, but. You know, it does consume you. I think that's what happens when you're a small business. You've got to put in the hours because you don't have the resources. But, you know, I think eventually if you can get out of that and hire for it and, and grow out along the years, that's when you start to free up and get your work-life balance eventually. But at the, at the moment, we're, uh, we're, we haven't really earned that yet. <laughs> do, you, do you have a mentor? I do, yeah. I think Adrian DeMarco, I mean, he's, he's our sort of investor as well. I mean, it's great to have the seed capital, but, I mean, he's... 30 plus years of experience is just invaluable to the business. So, you know, we, we catch up quarterly, not only for results, but also too on how the business is going and, and mentorship as well. So he's just an invaluable part of his experience to the business without a doubt. That's awesome, buddy. Well, congratulations on on starting something from scratch. It must be very, very exciting and seeing it grow, getting some investment, you know, going beyond the business workplace into homes. You're doing some great stuff and I wish you all the success for the future. No, thanks for that, Tim. It's um, yeah, it's great to to be on your show and and hopefully uh, provide some value to your listeners today. And I should say, anyone wanting to get a uh, a healthy snack box delivered to their workplace can simply go to Snackwise with a Z dot com. Thanks, Connor. Thanks, that Tim. Well, there you go, Snackwise founder Connor Reynolds. And Connor has very kindly added to the swag of prizes you can win in the Monster Prize Draw. But right now. Here's what grabbed my attention from that chat with Connor. Attention grabber number one. I love how despite the fact that Snackwise is not yet an empire by any stretch of the imagination, Connor has embraced publicity as a major marketing strategy. Now, I'll put the press release he sent to me in the show notes to give you an idea of what best practice looks like. Uh, Great press release. Um, I think it's a great strategy. Um, Comes at a cost. Sometimes a publicist is not cheap. But if you get, you know, like lots of coverage in various mediums, podcasts, maybe YouTube channel interview, newspaper, they still around? Bit of TV, radio? Who knows? Then it's going to be worth the money spent. And clearly it's working for Connor. Uh, Attention grabber number two, I love Connor's pricing model. Any recurring monthly income business gets my attention straight away. Who doesn't want a recurring monthly income just to smooth out that cash flow? And attention grabber number three, I love the fact that Connor went out of his way or goes out of his way to listen to his customers. Uh, We should all be doing that. We should all have our finger on the pulse, whether we have little boardroom lunches for key customers and ask them a few questions, pick up the phone and ring some old customers, walk out onto your onto your shop front. Is that what you say? Your shop front? The forecourt of your shop? Ask customers questions, all that kind of stuff. That's what grabbed my attention. Whatever grabbed yours, big idea, small idea, just be sure to block out some time in your diary and implement it. Oh, good day, Tim. Uh, Shane Scrutton calling. Uh, I've just um, got a notification that I won your uh, Monster Draw um, for your small business marketing show. So just wanted to say thank you very much for that. Um, that that's a real uh, thrill to win all that, um, all that stuff. And, um, yeah, just wanted to say thank you very much. And um, if there's anything I can do to help uh, promote your show or anything like that, um, just let me know. Um, and thanks, thanks very much once again. Oh, thanks, Shane. You know, the best thing that you can do for me is simply to keep listening oh, and maybe tell 
10 more business owners each day about the show, 10 or 11, I don't mind. And if you're feeling really generous, an iTunes listener review would be awesome. That's to anyone, not just Shane. I'd love you to leave an iTunes review. Not only does it boost my ranking, it's wonderful for my ego. But right now, let's make another listener's day. Come on down. It's Timbo's Monster Prize Draw. Oh, yes, indeedly, doodly, it is time to reward another motivated listener, just like Shane, for taking some serious marketing action. And today's winner is... Garrett Addison of Top Draw Essentials. An interesting little business. Let me expand. Garrett says, hey, Timbo. I've only recently discovered your podcast a few months ago, but I'm lucky enough to have at least an hour each way to my nine to five job. So I'm gradually getting through your backlog. Ah, Working for the man, Garrett. Trying to escape that cubicle, are you? He goes on to say, I love your show, but I did struggle to apply your tips and tricks. Ah, Sorry to hear that. He says, my problem is that my new venture... Top Drawer Essentials is an online retailer of adult products, including sex toys, etc. As such, I found most of the tips in each episode were difficult to apply. For example, I'd be inspired to do some Facebook advertising, having listened to Cham Tang's interview, but Facebook doesn't allow advertising of sexual-related content or goods. Yeah, well, that's, that's hard. Uh, I'd be inspired to engage with customers to drive likes and shares, but most people are a little reluctant to share on social media or be on record as regards to their purchases or even interest. Yeah, I suppose you're not going to put a post out going, just bought the most awesome vibrator. It's Ace. He loves it. (laughs) She loves it. I don't know. Fair enough. The brave amongst us would. I took a Viagra the other day, got caught in my throat, had a stiff neck for about a week. Thank you very much. And he goes on to say, after some episodes, I'd be inspired to do some YouTube videos featuring my products. Well, that's probably called porn. I'll pull you up on that one, Garrett. That's not porn. If you review a product, you know, you don't have to show it in action, but you can just like talk about it and the texture and the shape and the, I don't know, the battery power lot battery life, I don't know, you know, all that stuff. You can talk around, it doesn't have to be naughty. Garrett goes on to say, that said, I was getting a constant message from you and your guests to challenge my comfort zones. And so I did. Gradually, I started to be brave enough to introduce my venture to friends for their take. And while there were some raised eyebrows for sure, the conversation was enlightening. Awesome. Start a conversation around your product. It's a good thing to do. I discovered that almost All were past shoppers in my niche. Oh, nine out of 10 people are closet shoppers of sex toys. I just made that stat up, but you know, sounds good. And most importantly, it made me recognize that all adults were potential shoppers in my niche. It just required a conversation. It's made me focus my efforts in getting that conversation going, particularly through a blog. Great idea. Google will love that, Garrett. And doing so has helped me be different from my competitors. It's still early days, but my growth is encouraging. I just wanted to share. Thanks, Timbo, five stars. Garrett, that's a great share, mate. And I think you there is actually a lot you could do in your business. So don't be discouraged. 
Um, as you say, you have a rather large market uh, to appeal to. So your challenge is to not try to be everything to everyone, but niche it down and and own a particular niche in that adult toy, adult e-commerce store market. That's what I do. Hey, Garrett, for sharing that, mate, here's what you have won. $50 Snackwise sample box, $500 range of Liars non-alcoholic spirits, Sayer Skincare Basins Essentials Pack, $79, bucks, $100 voucher to buy some undies, uh, a Canva Pro license for $140, bucks, on-the-go merchandise voucher, $75, bucks, Beach People voucher, you get yourself a round beach towel, $50, bucks, six-pack of Mr. Lee's noodles, $30, bucks, a MyDNA test kit, $99, bucks. you got promotion on this show and a backlink in the show notes. How good's that? just for sharing what's working in your business. I would encourage everyone else to do the same. Send me an email. You don't have to sell sexy toys just to kind of win. There's been lots of winners in the last couple of years. You just got to tell me one idea that's working in your business that you heard on this show and what impact it's had from implementing it. Send me an email, tim at timreed.com.au. If I read it out on air, you win. That almost brings us to the end of episode 472. A reminder, you'll find plenty more where this came from on the podcast One Australia app, plus my entire archive of episodes and blog posts full of ideas to grow that business of yours is over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. In the next episode, we solve the problem of what to do with all those marketing videos that you've created and put on your website. There are other ways of getting exposure for them and you're going to learn how. If you're getting value from listening, then don't keep it a secret. Be sure to let other business owners know about it. This podcast was presented by me, Timbo Reid, and cleverly pulled together by the compassionate team at Podcast One Australia. Until next time, thank you so much for tuning in. Now get out there and take action.